2 Kings chapter 23, 2 Kings 23, we're going to be beginning uh, verse 26, if you remember we're really looking at the revival of Josiah, his life and what he did when they found the book of the law and he read it and tore his clothes or it was read to him first and then he read it to uh, the nation. And we see that with his revival in his heart, he began to set things straight in his sphere of influence. He was able to affect the entire nation because he was the king. But he could not affect the heart of the people unless they decided to follow God. And so we see that his reforms are short-lived uh, like any other ones are. You cannot legislate holiness you cannot make people get right with the Lord. All you can do is lay the cookies on the bottom shelf, and if the children come and get them, then they get to eat them and enjoy and be privileged to live with God and to be revived and come to God. So we see this um, uh, word picture, if you will, of Josiah. He, he begins to burn everything. It's his sanctification, but we see it clearly going into his entire kingdom. And we see all these things, like if you was thinking like uh, uh, it was a temple that he keeps going into, and like now we know that 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? That's where the altar's at. That's where the burning needs to happen at. And God is a consuming fire, and he burns out the dross as you obey, as you decide to follow, as you hear truth and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, as you begin to say yes to God. And, you know, part of saying yes to God is saying, Lord, I don't feel like it. Lord, I don't get it. Lord, I don't have the power. Lord, I need your strength, and I want to trust in you. I want to fear you. I want to honor you. So give me the ability to die to self, to come to, to you and trust you so that I don't lean on my own understanding. So we want to see this, and I believe this is a, a complete word picture in 2 Kings 23 of the judgment that we will see Jesus perform when he burns everything up. See, he burns it all up, makes new heaven and new earth. Because he's promised with his rainbow, he said in the sky that he would never flood the earth again, but he's going to one day burn it all up. He's a consuming fire. He's a consuming light. Now, let's just read this testimony here. You know, where are you at with your sanctification? Are you allowing the word of God to change the heart of the child of God for the glory of God? I mean, listen, when you read it, you go, oh, Lord, I, you know, that's true, but I have no capacity to do it. So I need your power. I need your spirit. I need your might. I need you to help me, Lord. Give me a desire to obey you. Give me a desire to read the word of God. Give me a desire, because unless you're going to trust in him with all your heart, you'll keep leaning on your own understanding. Look at the testimony of Josiah. Now, listen, in the Old Testament, you have so many types of Christ. But they are imperfect men being a type of Christ. And Christ comes and he's the perfect Christ, the perfect sacrifice, the perfect redeemer. And he will perfect us if we allow him to. As he shines his light in our heart and we begin to follow his path. Look at verse 25 and we'll dovetail in here. Now before him, who Josiah, whom Yah has... Um, whom Jehovah had heals, makes whole, uh, founded by Yah, Yahweh. That's what, who we're talking about here, Josiah. Now before him, before Josiah, there was no king like him. What's that mean? There was nobody like him before. Not even King David. Who turned to the Lord with all his heart with all of his soul, with all of his might, according to the law of Moses, according to the what law? The law of one drawn out from the world. That's what Moses means, one drawn out. 
If we've been drawn out from the world, the Spirit is shining His light in our heart, and we're coming out of Egypt, we're coming out of the world, we're not going to be underneath that bondage, then we need to turn and do it according to God's Word. Not after Him did any arise like Him. Right? So notice this. Again, we were just there. All of His heart, soul, and might. What is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And then I want you to go to Luke. Um, because there is a danger of us trying to justify ourselves even when we know God. Luke 10, uh, we're going to start in verse 25. Luke 10, 25. I don't, I'm not going to go through it all. It's really the parable of the Good Samaritan, but I'm not really trying to get to the Good Samaritan part. I just want you to see the heart of somebody who wants to justify themselves, a religious person who's not trusting in God, but they're trusting in their own filthy rags, their own works. And it says this here, in uh, verse 25 of chapter 10 of Luke, Dr. Luke, and behold, a certain lawyer, now he's not an attorney, he's one that uh, um, knows the word of God and, 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 and interprets it. He stood up, see, because that's our position is to be standing, and he tested Jesus, tested him. I would tell you to be careful testing the Lord. He never fails any questions. Straight A student. And he says, Teacher, Rabbi, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And really he's saying, What is eternal life? How do I gain it? And then we just quoted it, 17:3, that you may know you, Father, though, and your only Son that you sent. That's eternal life. This is eternal life. It's John 17:3. This is what Jesus says to him. Now pay attention. He said to him, what is written in the law? See, because he's a lawyer of the law. Not a lawyer like an attorney in the courtroom. He's a lawyer of the law of God. And he knows the word of God. And he's become religious because they've walked away from God. So he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you was to examine this, you would see that. Uh, this is the all of the Ten Commandments reduced to two. The first four are about your vertical with God, and then the next six are about your horizontal with people, your neighbor is yourself. He just reduced them all down, right? And he's like, listen to what he says to him. Verse 28, this is what Jesus says to him. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Now listen, do this and you will live. This is what Jesus says. Just keep these Ten Commandments. Just obey if you fear me. And we should have stopped right there, but we didn't, right? Look what he says in verse 29. But he wanting to justify himself. Listen, you can't justify yourself but except keep the perfect law. It means that to, he, he wanted himself and his works to render him justified before God, innocent before God, to render him righteous before God. So him wanting to justify himself, he says, who is my neighbor? And Jesus gives him the entire parable of the good Samaritan, which they hated Samaritans. They would, they would travel 10 miles out of the way not to go through Samaria, which were they considered half-breeds. Half Assyrian, we're getting ready to talk about this, half Assyrian and half Jews. They had intermarried when they were in bondage. They were, they, they were considered very unclean. But if you remember in John chapter 4, Jesus said, I must need go through Samaria. Because that's what Jesus came to do. Come to those that the religious justifying themselves people would not go to. We got to our own little religion, our apostate religion. We're living inside our walls of our churches. We're not talking to people in the street. And we go, you disgust me, you sinners. And, and we get this righteousness that is not from God. 
It's because we believe we're keeping all the law of God. We're doing all the will of God. And we're not trusting in the Lord and fearing the Lord and honoring the Lord. Because if we were, we'd be obeying the Lord and going to the lost. We'd be going to the least of these. We would be going to the Samaritans. And we would know that when they treat us spitefully, that that's because they're sinners. That's because they're unrighteous. How would you expect anybody to treat you any other way that is full of self? That's why Jesus came, because we were full of self. And yet the church goes, I don't have to take that. I don't have to listen to you. They're all they're just sinners. Let's go back to church and sing some more songs about Jesus and never go out and tell people about Jesus. Sorry, I'm not being rude. He tried to justify himself with his own works. I need to know who my neighbor is because I can do that. No, you can't. Not on your own. It's impossible. You need to find out what your gifts are. Listen, so what did Josiah do? He turned to with all of his heart, his soul, with all of his might. This is, what, this is what the first four commandments are about. No other gods before us. No images. No graven images. And this is what Josiah did. And God's, God's testimony by the Holy Spirit as it's being penned by Samuel right here is that there was none who repented and turned the way Josiah did. And it's a picture for you and I of salvation and sanctification, revival, if you will, and then impact the people around us because of the word of God and what it says. When he heard it and seen how far away they were from the word of God. Now today, if you share that, people go, well, that's not what I believe. You better read your Bible then. Or you believe in the wrong thing. It's a pretty simple Bible. It's not complicated. How, I mean, how, I mean, I don't know how you can interpret. Um, all your heart, soul, and might. All your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's everything. There's nothing left over for anybody else when you give all to God. I, I, you know, and if we don't give all to God, then he leaves the room. He'll leave the room. He has to be first. That's part of honoring. So you trust him, you learn better to fear him, and then you begin to honor him with all your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase, and then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. It's a promise of all the provision you need for everything that's going on in life when we honor God, when we put him first and glorify him in all that we do. So again, back here, we see this testimony of this, this, there's nobody that's arisen after him except for the God-man, Jesus, that ever did it perfectly. He's the only other king. But no man has ever done it other than the God-man. 100% man, 100% God. Don't know how it works, but I love it. Not even Solomon, not even David. Do you see this testimony? And yet, he was not perfect. We're going to see he disobeyed God and he dies. We're going to see that he had broke the law and we're going to see that he married more than one woman. We'll see here, two different sons become king after he dies and both of them got different mothers. So he married more than one woman. And you know, God's silent to that, but he said the husband of one wife. You know, that's what he, that's what he said. But he allowed these people to rebel against him and marry several. They became polygamists. You know, and we need to be very careful with marriage and divorce. In our culture today, it's become socially acceptable. Because of apostasy, you can sit in churches and not even be married. And you can cohabitate and you can do all kinds of things. But this is not godly. Just because the culture accepts it doesn't mean that God's accepting it. We need to be very, very careful with this. And we should repent of and ask God for forgiveness of divorce. We should ask God for forgiveness of cohabitation. And, and I believe that in a sense, when you come to salvation after that happens, all your sins are forgiven. 
But I know when I come to salvation, I still talk to God about things of my past. And said, wow, Lord, how did I ever go there? Wow, Lord, how did I ever do that? And I talked to him about it. Even though I know that my sins were as white as snow, I still wanted to rehearse it in my heart. And I even asked him, I remember specifically driving by downtown on Main Street, right in front of McCord Candies. I remember it perfectly 25 years later that I said, Lord, if there's anything that I think I know and I don't need to know to serve you, take it from me. But if I need it, let me keep it. Because the devil has filled us full of lies. And we want to serve God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love our neighbors ourselves. And you don't have to go find out who your neighbor is. It's everybody. It's anybody. Unless God says, stay away from them. It's everybody. But it's mainly the least of these. But it's everybody. I better get back to this. Now, after this testimony that the Holy Spirit gives us through the pen of Samuel, by inspiration of God, then we have verse 26. Because, see, you think, well, Jesus came and everything's good. He paid for sin. No, the wrath of God is still coming. He's appointed a day for judgment. What is it, Acts 17? Well, I'm thinking of it. Let me look and see if it's Acts 17. I think it's Acts 17. Right off the cuff here. Let's see. Acts 17, 38, are you thinking? Oh, here it is. It's Acts uh, 17, 30. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. When they heard the resurrection of the dead... Some mocked while others said, we will hear you again on this matter. Now remember, they were in uh, Athens where they had so many gods that that's the world we live in today, guys. A Greek culture that's full of gods and everything's good. The church has brought in everything from yoga to Buddhism to, 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 to uh, dream catchers. And, and we brought in uh, 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 maze walking. We brought in everything you can think of. Contemplative prayer. We brought in everything. Let's just be all inclusive. Love is love. Everybody gets to get in. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And it doesn't line up with God's word. And we need to find out what does line up because he says do not be wise in your own eyes fear the Lord and depart from evil and if God calls it evil you want to be somebody that calls it evil also because you're in his family and you're his ministers his believer priest so look at verse 26 again it's 2nd Kings 23 26 nevertheless what here's Josiah but he turned he revived all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his might. Nobody ever like him. Nevertheless, the Lord did not turn from the fierceness of his great wrath with which his anger was aroused against Judah. Those who praise, praise, Judah means praise. Because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. Remember Manasseh? We had the reforms of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was going to die. He had some type of a sickness, a boil. And he turned to the wall and he threw up all of his things that he had done and said, God, I've been doing so much for you. Why would I die now? And God gave him 15 more years. And during those 15 years, he gave birth to a son named Manasseh who was the most wickedest king ever. I think Manasseh had Ahaz, Ahaz had Josiah, maybe I'm trying to remember it. I'm sorry if that's not right, anybody that's following that. So listen, God did, God did not turn from his fierceness. Listen, what's Josiah doing? He's burning everything up. And this fierceness means from his burning anger, from his sore displeasure, from his wrath. 
Because he's already said he's going to bring wrath. He already told the nation that they were going under, just like the northern tribes. They were going into captivity because of their unfaithfulness. And when the northern tribes went, they had one of their best kings on the throne that had ever been on the throne, but God had already anointed and appointed a time when it would happen. And again, we have a time when God says, go get them, son. Go get your bride. And it's already appointed. It doesn't change the wrath of God because a couple people live for Jesus. But it can change your eternity and whether you are appointed for wrath or not. See, because God's people are not appointed for wrath. Jesus took our wrath. Jesus took our punishment. Manasseh means uh, causing to forget, right? Causing to forget. First used when Joseph was down in Egypt once again. And he had Manasseh first, his firstborn, which means causing to forget. Then he had Ephraim, which means fruitful. After he forgot that he was sold into slavery, after he forgot that he was separated from his father's house, he began to forget, so he names his first kid Manasseh. And then he begins to bear fruit in the land, so he names his second one Ephraim. And now, though, what do we got? Manasseh is being used, and it's upside down. It's not forgetting the, that God spared his life and pulled him out of prison. This is forgetting the reforms. This is forgetting the God that revived through Hezekiah, his dad, Manasseh. His name can be used upside down. So listen, you can have Christ or you can have Antichrist. You can have something that looks like godliness and it's total ungodliness if it doesn't line up with what God is doing. And you need to be careful with your life lest you be found fighting with God even when it looks like righteousness. If you're, find, if you're found fighting against God, it can end bad. And that's what we're going to see happens to Josiah. After all the reforms, after all the revival, after all the burning up, after all the sanctification, he does go down to the grave in peace with God. But he didn't have to go when he went. We'll see that in a minute. Let's get... Get in line here. So the evil, the previous evil, already provoked God to judgment. What happened? What do you mean? Well, there was disobedience in the garden, and God was provoked to judgment. And the wages of sin is death. And so he came down and became a man, our kinsman redeemer, and he died for us, and he took our judgment. And now all you have to do is believe that, trust in that with your heart. And believe that Jesus is Lord and God raised you from the dead. And you do not have to be underneath God's judgment, underneath God's wrath. But anybody that rejects this payment will be underneath God's wrath. So verse 27 says, And the Lord said, this is what God said, The Lord, I will also remove Judah from my sight. And again, his eyes is favor." As I have removed Israel, Judah's the southern tribe, Israel's the northern tribes that were led uh, astray after Solomon died by his son Rehoboam, who made the two golden calves and set them up and let them worship golden calves, which always stands gold is deity. So when you're worshiping a golden calf, you're worshiping a false deity because it's an image of gold instead of the true, pure, holy God. <coughs> makes his streets out of gold. But gold is always... It's something that's really interesting when you're reading your Bible. Just I'll just throw this out. Gold is deity. Right? Silver is redemption. And then you have uh, uh, bronze is judgment or brass. Bronze and brass are judgment. And then you have like blue is heavenly. You have red which is the blood. Red. And then you put blue and red together and you get purple which is royalty. We become royalty before God. And so the heavenly man, or the heavenly God came down and became a man. And because of his blood, now it's a royal priesthood that we become part of. It's amazing stuff when you start putting it all together. And this is what the testimony of the Old Testament is about. That we bring into the New Testament. We go, now we're believer priests because we believe that this God came and died. 
that this God came and took our judgment, that this God came and took our wrath, and we can become his priest. And priests go and serve other people. Priests go and reveal to other people the will of God. The priest trust in the Lord, fear the Lord, and honor the Lord. And they don't offer profane fire to the Lord. But all of our strength and standing is in Jesus. Don't forget that. Here we go. I will remove Israel. I will cast off. This is 27b. And will cast away, cast off the city Jerusalem, teaching peace, which I have chosen, and the house of which I said, my name shall be there. So he's going to cast them off. They're going into captivity. I think it's... Uh, they get captured here. They become vassals. They become slaves to Egypt. But I think it's about four more years before they're fully, completely carried away. No, that's not true. I think it's right now. Uh, strike that off the record. Can you erase that from the tape? Um, it's right now. Let's watch it. Verse 28. Now the rest of the acts. Notice that? You see the acts? Listen, everything in the Bible is about the acts of man or the acts of the Holy Spirit through God's people. That's what the book of Acts is about. The acts of the Holy Spirit through the disciples. It's not our strength. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own strength. Don't make up your own religion. Be led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. What is leading your life today? Be careful. Power, pomp, some parade. Some political party? Another person? Now the rest of the acts of Josiah, whom Jehovah heals, and his sanctification, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah, southern tribes, the tribe that Jesus come from, in his days, this is more commentary, Pharaoh Nico, all one word in the King James, Pharaoh Nico, it means great house, he is smitten. Pharaoh Nico, king of Egypt. Now remember, Pharaoh's a type of the devil. <coughs> Egypt is a type of the world. <coughs> went to the aid, he went to help, he went to help uh, Assyria, the king of Assyria, aid, he went, it says uh, in the King James against uh, the king of Assyria, but that's not good, that's a bad translation, uh, to the river of Euphrates, and King Josiah went against him. And Pharaoh Necho killed him at Megiddo when he confronted him. Then his servants moved his body in a chariot from Megiddo, brought him to Jerusalem, and buried him in his own tomb. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, notice who did it, the people of the land, took Jehoahaz, notice who becomes king, uh, the son of Josiah anointed him and made him king in his father's place. Jehoahaz means Jehovah has seized, whom Jehovah holds fast. Now, Megiddo means a place of crowds or rendezvous. I don't know if you know Megiddo. I, uh, Megiddo, uh, I think it was Alexander the Great, said this would be a perfect battlefield, the Battle of Armagh. Geddon and Megiddo, the Valley of Megiddo, overlooking the Jezreel Valley. And right now you see this entire thing taking place on the world stage. Listen to me. Me and Michael was talking about this morning how they're moving all of our weaponry to the Middle East over into that region so they can attack Israel, so they can bring everything together. And God has got a hook in their jaw. God has got a hook in their jaw. They think they've got their own little plans going on, but God laughs at them. And it's on God's timetable. This is God's work that's going on. Everything you see is God doing this, 
And they're all after what? They're after all the natural oil and the natural gas that's in the Mediterranean Sea that Israel owns. Even Russia has tried to buy it three times from Netanyahu, and he said no. He said, we'll pay you this to pump it. No, because whoever controls all of that oil and all that gas will control all the trade routes and the world. And you know, it's so funny that year, for years and years and years, Israel was so mad at, um, they, they were so mad at Abraham for sending Ishmael and all of his people away and keeping Isaac there in Israel. And why were they mad? Because all the oil was over in Ishmael's land, where you see in the Middle East all the Islamic countries. This is where Ishmael went. He was the son of the flesh, and the flesh wanted the money, and Ishmael's over there. That's where Abraham sent him before uh, he married Keturah, and he kept Isaac there. You see this in Genesis. And they got so mad. But then a few years ago, maybe 15 now, maybe 18, they discovered such a rich field. Two, there's two of them, actually. Two big fields of gas and oil over there, enough to control the whole world. And now Israel has exclusive rights to it. And people are getting ready to start pumping it. But Russia and China and America and other places want it. They want that power. They want that oil. It's the hook in the jaw for them to go there to get that. That's why we're seeing even natural resources, oil being shut down. So people will go, yo, we need some oil. We need some oil. Where's the oil at? Well, let's go get it. Israel's got it. Listen to me. I'm just talking right here off the cuff. But you know, the same thing's going on right now. You know what was going on? I just read it to you. Here's what's going on. Assyria took the northern kingdom hostage, right? God allowed them to go away into bondage. We've seen that a few chapters ago. Well, Assyria is starting to weaken. And Babylon is rising, just like you see today. Babylon is rising. Babylon is one world government. It's one world order. It's the, it's the, the kingdom of the Antichrist. Babylon is rising even today. And here we see Assyria is getting weaker and they can't fight Babylon off so they hire Egypt to come down to help them. And as Egypt's coming down, they come through Judah or that area. And for some strange reason, Josiah goes out and says, Nope, you can't pass through here. And so he dies there. It's not even his battle. It's not even his battle. And if you've been revived by Christ and you're living for Jesus, your battle is finished. You don't fight for victory. You fight from victory. Your calling is to be a minister of reconciliation of souls. We're not caught up in the oil battle. We're not caught up in the world battle. We're not to be caught up in the political battle. That's not our home. We're aliens here. And for some strange reason, Josiah disobeys God and goes out to fight against what God was doing. Listen to me, what's going on on the world stage right now is not falling off of God's desk. He's the one allowing it. He's the one moving it forward. He's the one saying, no, the time is now, and I'm coming to get my church. Listen, so what happens? Well, let's go read it. Let's go read it in 2 Chronicles verse 35, and we'll just start in verse 20. 2 Chronicles 35.20. I'll give you a minute to get there. And you'll see a little bit more content. Just a couple books ahead. Um, first, 2 Kings, First and 2 Chronicles used to be all one manuscript. And uh, it's been divided up because it was so big. So now we have all four of them in four different books. Easier to follow. Also works better for the 66, 40, 66 books by 40 authors, all speaking of the judgment of God and the judgment already been taken by God in the flesh. Look at this. After all this, all what? When Josiah had prepared the temple. Is your temple prepared to receive God? Are you burnt, letting God burn out the dross, burn down the old worship places? Are you allowing God to do all the reforms and sanctification and, and making you whole as Josiah did? 
We're the temple of God now. The Spirit of God dwells in us. Nico, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish by the Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. We don't know why. But it wasn't according to God. Because God was sending... Well, let's just read. But he sent messengers. Hear this? We're talking about Nico, Pharaoh, sent messengers to him saying, What have I to do with you, king of Judah? He knows exactly who he is. I have not come against you this day, but against the house which I have, have war, with which I have war. For God commanded me to make haste. And now, refrain God who is with me. Notice from meddling with God is in italics. It's really refrain God who is with me. In the Hebrew transcripts. But he's telling him, don't come here and meddle with what God is doing. He's with me. Lest he destroy you. Listen, God just used a secular king to speak to a king who's being revived. God can use anything. He can use a mule to speak to you. And you know what Josiah should have done? What? God sent you? Let me go pray. Let me go talk to God. Let me go find out what's going on. And that's what God's people should be doing right now. Not going out and getting involved in a physical fight to be destroyed. Because the world, listen, China and Russia want to be the world power. And there's a one world government that is behind the scenes pumping America. Joe Biden's not the president. Somebody else is ruling through him. And there's a one world government being run. And there's other people that are wanting to take over. And there's a battle going on. And they don't care about your lives. They don't care about my lives. Uh -huh. They want you to be in fear and to do what they say. And they want to control you. And they're all on the same side. They're all on the devil's side. We belong to God. We're led by the Spirit. We're not to be in this physical fight. We're supposed to remember that we're called to reconcile souls. No matter what they talk about, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, we say, Jesus saves. We say there's salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. Now, I don't know all of this perfectly, but look what happened. He, he says he'll destroy you. Don't be found fighting with God. 22, nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face, his countenance from him, but disguised himself. Now, you know how much the church has disguised itself today? We don't want to offend anybody, so we want to hide our light underneath the peck bush. The church has disguised itself. Those that are supposedly revived by God, healed by God, that Yah has founded, keep disguising themselves and becoming politically correct. They don't want to offend anybody. So that he might fight with him. And did not heed the words of Nico from the mouth of God. Listen, the Bible's telling us what happened. So he came to fight him in the valley of Megiddo. And the archers shot King Josiah. And the king said to his servants, take me away for I am severely wounded. Are you severely wounded today? Maybe you're fighting the wrong battles. Maybe you're wrestling with God. Maybe you're not listening to the voice of God. Listen, if you don't know the word of God, you won't be able to recognize the voice of God. Because he doesn't change from what he's already said. He's spoken. If it's new, it's not from God. If it's from God, it's not new. But he is revealing and uncovering and allowing his people to see what is going on. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Are you wounded today? You don't have to be. You can stop striving. Stop fighting. Surrender. Cry out to God. Ask him that you would be able to hear his voice. Get into his word, prayer, and fellowship. His servants therefore took him out of the chariot, put him in a second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem. So he died and was buried in one of the tombs of his father. See, it didn't tell us that in 2 Kings. It just said buried in a tomb. But really, this is an honorable burial because it's in his father's tomb. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Jeremiah also lamented. Big lamenting. The lamenting prophet is Jeremiah's name. He wrote Jeremiah and the book of Lamentations. Great crying. Listen, 
Listen, that's what's going on. God's people are involved in the wrong things at the wrong place at the wrong time when they should be involved in the reconciliation of souls, the ministry of reconciliation. And we're caught up in physical battles everywhere. Severely wounded when we know the truth. Hmm. To this day, all the singing men and the singing women speak of Josiah and their lamentations. They made it a custom in Israel, and indeed they are written in the laments. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his goodness according to what was written in the law of the Lord and his deeds from first to last, indeed they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. And so we see... Uh, a little bit more of what happened in the valley of Megiddo or in Megiddo. And what really happened was uh, he killed them. And then in the valley, Assyria and Egypt joined together to fight against Babylon rising. And they lasted about four years there at Carchemish. And then Babylon defeated them completely and took everything. And Babylon rose to power then until they were divided uh, also. Anyway, um, <coughs> let's move on. Buried him in a tomb, and the people of the land took Jehoaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in his father's place. That was verse 30, 22 Kings 23 30. Uh, Jehovah has seized, is um, what Jehoaz means. I said that earlier. Uh, the people chose Jehoahaz, what Jehovah has seized, and I choose Jesus. Who do you choose? <laughs> the people are choosing to do the wrong thing today, and I'm going to choose Jesus. I want to be led by his spirit, and I fall so very, very short, but we want to get our eyes fixed upon Jesus and know that it's not about what we do. We cannot justify ourselves. He's already justified us, just as if we never sinned. God took him and he became, him who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness, the justification of God in Christ Jesus. But only in Christ Jesus. Not in the world, not in our own esteem, not in our own plans. Now look, 31, Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king and he reigned three months in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamatol, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. Notice they give you um, who, which Jeremiah it was. Father-in-law is protection, is Hamatol. Father-in-law of dew, or refreshing like dew. That's interesting. I've just given it to you. Uh, Jeremiah means Yah will rise. Really? Yah will rise from the grave? Yah will rise. Uh, and whom Jehovah has appointed. That's what Jeremiah means. Um, that's interesting too, isn't it? Now notice this. This was our memory verse last week. He did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that his fathers had done. That is the testimony. That was the testimony of this king. The, the righteous one at 39 years of age 40 to the number of judgment. He dies in peace, just like it said, just like God said he would do. He went down to his grave in peace, just like we've been promised. We're not appointed for wrath. We're not appointed for judgment. Christ took our wrath, 40. He took our judgment. We get to go to our grave without the wrath of God. We get to rest and walk in his peace right now and live for him. And this new king comes, and we get his testimony. And then verse 33, what happened? Now Pharaoh Necho put him in prison at Ribla, put him in prison at Fertility. That's interesting. In the land of Hamath, which means fortress or walls, that he might not reign in Jerusalem. Right? Why did he put the king in prison? Why did he put the one that was going to rise in prison? That he might not reign. That's why he's in prison in our lives. That he might not reign. Why? Because he wants to put another on the throne. Watch what happens. 
Watch what happens. Pharaoh Nico, type of Satan, he doesn't want you to know that Jesus rose from the grave. He doesn't want you to know that he rose. As Jeremiah tells us, the lamenting prophet, he will rise. Listen, watch this. He put uh, Jehoahaz, the one that God has seized or anointed, in prison. In the land of Hamath, fertility. We're getting ready to talk about a fertility God on Resurrection Sunday. Ishtar. Where we get the celebration of Easter. Ishtar. Fertility God. He replaces truth with a lie um, that he might not reign in teaching peace, reign in Jerusalem. And he imposed on the land a tribute, put him in bondage, 100 talents of silver and a talent of gold. And that's 750 pounds of silver and 7.5 pounds of gold. This was the tribute. Then Pharaoh Necho, what did he do? Made Elikim. Elikim means God raises, God sets up. God's in control of this, guys. He's allowing Antichrist to do this. He's allowing Babylon to rise. He's allowing somebody else to be there and rule. Notice, Pharaoh Nico, the devil does not want Jehoahaz to reign in Jerusalem. So he puts, he puts him in prison and he appoints, made Elikim, his half-brother, the son of Josiah, king in his place, changed his name to Jehoiakim, which means Jehovah raised up. Jehovah will rise. And so it's a different Jesus. And Pharaoh took Jehoahaz and went to Egypt, and he died there. So he took the other one, put him in prison there for a minute. Then he took him back to Egypt, the true king, and he died there, apostasy. But so that he wasn't reigning in Jerusalem, he put another king there. Why? Because he's ruling now in Jerusalem. He's ruling in the people that teach peace. Not Christ, the Antichrist. Not Christ, but Pharaoh is ruling. Do you guys see that? And it's the same thing in America right now. We have a type of somebody that's supposed to be the president, but he's not ruling. Babylon is rising. There's a whole government that's ruling. But it's like a world with no borders because we're going to have ten confederacies. We're going to have ten areas that rise up with power. And then they're going to give all their power, or three of them going to give all their power to one ruler. Is that right? Three of them? I think. But what are you doing with your revival? What are you doing with you coming to Christ? What are you doing with your sanctification? Because there's a lot afoot that is wrong in the church today. And so Elikum is ruling, but guess what? He's being told what to do by Pharaoh Nico. He's not really ruling. So Jehoiakim, that's his new name, gave the silver and gold to Pharaoh. Silver is redemption. Gold is deity. Gave it all to Pharaoh, type of Satan. But he taxed the land to give money according to the command of Pharaoh. He exacted the silver and the gold from the people of the land, from everyone according to his assessment, to give it to Pharaoh Nico. It's all being stored away. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zebedah. See that there? Different mom. So we know that Josiah, even though all the reforms, he still had two wives. We don't have any wives, but we know he at least had two, which is violated God's marriage law. So we know that he had some, and you can see that in Genesis 2.24. And uh, we see these perilous times that are going on. Zebedee, the daughter of Pedadiah of Ramah. Zebedee means given. Uh, Pedadiah means Jehovah has ransomed. 
and ruma means height, um, high places. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father has done. Because his father is the devil, not God. He did evil in the sight. There it is again. What will be the epitaph on our tombstone? Are you listening to the voice of God? Are you listening to the word of God? Are you learning to, to articulate what God is doing through the scriptures? Listen to me. This is so very important that we learn what God's doing. He's told us as his friends everything that he's doing, all that he's going to do. We don't have to get lost in all of the battle that's physical. We should just walk by faith following the author and the finisher of our faith. Because all we're really called to do is trust in the Lord with all of our heart, lean not on our own understanding, and all of our ways acknowledge him, and he will make our path straight. We're not to be wise in our own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. And if we're being led by the Spirit, we'll be concerned about the souls, because that's why Christ died, was to save lost souls. Uh not to, not to build a bunch of buildings, to make a bunch of dust, but to save lost souls. Amen. Be reconciled to God. Do you have a question? What did you say that memory verse was again for next week? Psalms 1-6. Be reconciled to God. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Wake us up at the heart of our Christian walk. Give us a desire to know you, to hear your voice, to allow you to know us in intimacy, and to follow you. Lord, help us not to follow a voice that is not yours. Thank you for such a great salvation. Help us not to be cast away. In Jesus' name and for his glory we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.